Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast with Philip Washington Jr. Today's episode is brought to you by WealthBuildingMadeSimple.us. Today, Philip continues his four-part series titled An Introduction to Wealth Building. Today's topic, Investment Strategies for Beginners. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. All righty. We are back with another episode of Wealth Building Made Simple. And today we are talking about investment strategies for beginners. The complement to this, to this, to this series, which is the introduction to wealth building series, is going to be uh, at wealthbuildingmadesimple.us for our paid premium subscribers. So make sure you subscribe to get the complimentary uh, uh, content for this series. But today we're talking about understanding stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs. Because for a lot of people who are investing, that's going to be the bulk of, of, of where folks are investing. And so we'll, we'll go into each one, explain what they are. But the common theme for all of them is really like pooling capital, right? These are just uh, ways of pooling capital that have evolved um, generation to generation. And so uh, if you if you really want to uh, 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 nerd out on the evolution of of like money and pooling capital, it's a book called The Ascent of Money by Neil Ferguson. It's like long. I think there's a there's I'm not I think there is a YouTube video on it that has I think like a six part series. It was a PBS documentary that I watched a long time ago, but I, it's on YouTube, uh, and I think you can watch most of them for, for for free. But check it out yourself. But when when you look at the, the the you know pooling capital, what what first came were like bonds, right? Bonds are uh, lending, and and let me clarify what I mean because I want to make sure I'm clear. Because when you study history, right, you 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 go deeper and you learn. Oh, there's nothing new under the sun. This stuff was actually done well before our modern history. Uh, we just don't really count it as our modern history. So under so when I say bonds were first, I just mean like in modern history, right? In the modern world that we live in. But bonds are uh, lending money um, at the core of it. So if if you if you buy a bond from the US government, uh, you are basically uh, yeah, lending them lending them money, right? Um, now, from a technical standpoint, I'm going to go technical because if you're buying it on a public market, the contract's already been written, and uh, so I mean, like the money's already been lent. You're just you're just you're just buying the contract that is going to receive the interest payments uh, for the rest of the contract. So think of it like a um, like an NBA contract, right? Somebody has an, if 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 NBA player has a five year contract and and you're an owner of a team and you, and you want to you want to have them come to your team in year three, right? When you buy out their contract, you're basically saying, all right, cool, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay the money that, that they're doing the contract 
for the rest of this period. Um, so, so that's buying a bond is saying, hey, if this bond is promising 5% for 10 years, and then I, you know, uh, and it was already issued, well, now I can go, I can go buy it in year three, and I can get the rest of the interest payments um, uh, if, if, if I hold the bond. Now, a bond price might fluctuate based on like current interest payments, and it fluctuates based on current interest payments because, uh, for example, if if I own a bond that's paying five percent, but inflation now is expected to be seven percent over the next over the rest of the period over whatever so let's say seven years, ten years. Well, now the price of my bond. Uh, is, is when the expectation goes up, it's going to go down uh, because anybody issuing new bonds is going to have to pay more interest to factor in inflation. So people are going, I'm going to sell these bonds because I don't, I don't want to hold something that's not paying me enough interest to cover inflation, right? And so, so people think about bond, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, even crypto, and uh, and they think bonds because they are quote-unquote considered safe that they are simple the simplest one no, bonds are actually like the most complex right the like a lot of people trade stocks a lot of people even you know a lot of people uh, buy mutual funds and trade et and trade etfs but only the like if you find the most like the ray dalios the most the most intellectual of money managers like understand the bond market um, because it's the most complex market, and it's the market that that really drives everything else. So, um, uh, and that's a whole conversation. But the, but the point is, um, bonds are like a at, at the core of it. Like you're lending money uh, to an institution or an organization because you can buy bonds of Apple of the government um, and receive interest payments. Um, and as long as you hold the bond and this. The organization doesn't default, you get your interest payments. So then you go stocks, and stocks are ownership in a company. And so when you own a company, the company, there's no obligation to pay you anything. Like if the company doesn't do well, uh, you lose money. If the company goes under, like you, you lose your capital. Um, or if the company, uh, you know, just keeps reinvesting your money, you don't, you don't give a dividend, you don't get a dividend, or, or you don't receive a check. And if they reinvest it and it's not uh, it's not productive, right? The market's going to have the stock go down over time, and so and so you lose money. So there's less guarantees in stocks because there's no contractual guarantee to pay you anything. And so like there's a um, there's a higher perceived risk. And so over time, if it works out, if you have if if you have a if you buy the stock of Apple and the bond of Apple, and you go over a ten year period of time and Apple's successful, the stock owners make more money than the bondholders because they took more risk. Right, and that's the that's the the difference in stocks and bonds. The stocks have less less certainty. Now, mutual funds are a way to pull, uh, you know, pull stocks and bonds together because of because diversification for a lot of investors is is a wise thing. So you're like, hey, if I you know if I only have ten thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars, and I want to have a well diversified portfolio, I mean, I have enough money to own. You know, thousands of of stocks and bonds to build a portfolio, and so mutual funds before ETFs were 
the way to pull your assets and get diversification, meaning like you can you could invest 500 bucks a month and buy a pool of right hundreds or thousands of, of, of stocks and bonds pulled together um, into a portfolio called a mutual fund. So it's like a, it's a fund. Like it's a, think, think of it like a, yeah, it's a corporate structure that buys a portfolio of stocks and bonds together. And so you can read the prospectus, which is what it's called and say, Hey, what's the strategy of the, of the, of the fund? And, and so, you know, you have an idea of, uh, what to expect them to buy with your money. An ETF or an exchange traded index fund uh, was developed later as a uh, lower cost way to to own stocks and bonds. Because, and I'm I'm working to keep it very simple, but um, mutual funds are more expensive than than. ETFs or strange index funds. And so a lot of people begin to realize, hey, when I when I look at the returns of the of investments, right? A big part of the return is just asset class, right? Uh, or wh- what area am I invested in? Right. And then the other biggest, and you can even narrow that down and just and more go, oh, if 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 I invest in the industries of the newer generation, uh then my potential for making money is higher, um, or or in this time period of, of 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 high inflation or low inflation, if I can understand what inflation is going to do, then I can just buy a basket of, of of assets that do well in this environment. And the fund manager almost like doesn't doesn't matter, right? Because I'm just the the asset class I'm investing is what is what delivers most of the return. And so since there's just as many fund managers. As there are, uh, right? Shoot, there's more fund managers than asset classes. You know, um, are are you going to pick the fund manager that outperforms the asset class? It's tough to know, right? You just so so if you if you just bought the asset class that you thought was right for your portfolio, given like your economic outlook, your risk tolerance, your time frame, then you can like you can cut out their higher cost and just make the money on the asset class, and so. Exchange traded funds or ETFs um, uh, were 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 built out of that. Right, it started with index funds, which were not traded on exchanges. They were like mutual funds bought and sold daily. Um, but and I'm going to do a whole write up on these in, in the newsletter because I'm leaving out a lot of details. But but ETFs are traded daily, like stocks. Where if you unlike a mutual fund, if you went out of a mutual fund, you have to uh, place your order and it. You know, it, it it gets you out at the end of close on trading day, or uh, basically just once a day you can get out, and it's not during trading day. Um, with an ETF, if you own a S and P five hundred ETF, you can sell it at noon, at at nine a.m., ten a.m., whenever the market's open, and you can get out of it um, um, in that moment. So it has more flexibility, uh, lower cost. Um, than a than a mutual fund. We didn't even add crypto. I'm gonna do a whole episode on crypto down the road, but that's like 24/7, you know, um, uh, ability to trade and get out. But th- those are the beginners: stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. Of what they are, um, we'll cover in the newsletter considerations for how to decide which one goes in your portfolio and how you might want to structure these things. Um, but that's the that's the uh, beginning 
ideas uh, around understanding those those investment options. So until next week, I'll enjoy your day. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.